you. We are so excited to have you back to see what kind of fabulousness you have brought us this year. This is a bittersweet recording for us because unfortunately we are losing Anne um, yes. next month, which is, is also so not sweet. <laughs> I mean, two things can be one thing. <laughs> uh, but so we wanted to make sure that we um, scheduled our booksgiving time with her so that we got to, you know, record this for the ages. <laughs> Our time yeah. with Anne because we always love your recommendations so much. <laughs> yes. well, um, so we have to be like a special guest in the future. Definitely. I'm always happy to come back. So thank you for having me. Um, so like you heard, I'm Anne. I'm currently in the adult reference department on the second floor. By for the time one more this, week. <laughs> by the time this goes live, I won't be here anymore, but I will still be a friend of the ELA Library. And, and a patron. And a patron and a friend of the podcast. So I'll be happy to come back and <laughs> visit anytime. So today I brought with me three books that I'm actually giving as gifts this year. I'm already getting started on my shopping. So the first book is for my aunts. My Aunt Judy is a huge Cubs fan. Hi, Aunt Judy. Go Cubs. (laughs) (laughs) Don't listen to this before Christmas because I don't want you to know what you're getting. Um, But you are getting a new biography of Harry Carey that came out earlier this year. And it's called The Legendary Harry Carey, Baseball's Greatest Salesman by Don... Zaminda. Um, it's a really nice book. It's a hardcover. It's got a bunch of pictures in the middle. It's like a gift quality book. I've also read that it was the first full-length biography that's been written of Carrie since his death oh. in 1998. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It's a really nice, comprehensive biography of Harry Carey. And it's also really interesting because it's sort of a history of baseball and broadcasting in the 1970s and 1980s. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's a good, it's a really interesting read. Zaminda tells uh, Harry Carey's whole story, honestly, so it's got his triumphs and it's got his foibles. He wasn't perfect, even though he was pretty cool. And I thought it was really entertaining and really interesting, and it would be a really good gift for any Cubs fan. So I hope there are some Chicago area people <laughs> listening yeah, to this. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly... Also, Dad, don't listen to this part, um, because <laughs> now upon hearing that, um, that is a great gift for my dad as well. So I'm going to add that to my gift giving Awesome. List. Holy cow. That was a really bad, that was a really bad Harry Carey. I apologize to the ghost of Harry Carey that somebody nothing like you. Oh, I don't know. I think you could give Will Ferrell a So this is going to be a big gear shift, actually. We've been laughing because the next book is for my mother, and it's called Eat Joy, Stories and Comfort Food from 31 Celebrated Writers. Uh, So like it sounds like, it's 31 pieces by pretty well-known authors. Um, Some names from this book that I recognized are Lev Grossman, who wrote the Magician series, Mm -hmm. and Anthony Doerr, author of All the Light We Cannot See. So it's got some pretty top-shelf writers, and it's a book about... My mother's had kind of a rough year. See? I told you, gear shit. My mother's had kind of a rough year, and this book, it's a book of essays about food and using food to get through hard times. So each of the authors in this book picks a specific comfort food from their life and writes an essay about how the specific comfort food got them through the difficult time, and they do include the recipes. Nice. And I'm probably making it sound like kind of a downer because <laughs> it's about hard times, but it's actually a super uplifting book because it's about getting through the hard times and coming out, you know, better and stronger on the other side. 
It's a really pretty book. It's got really nice illustrations. The recipes are beautifully illustrated. And the food sounds awesome because it's comfort food. Yeah. So there's recipes for linguine and brisket and pancakes and chocolate cake. Mm. And it's just a really, it's a lovely, lovely book. And I hope that it brings her a little bit of comfort. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I also feel like, once again, like... <laughs> That is a great one for my mom, too. So, Mom, don't listen to this also. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on and, and Amazon, before I came here, I was you know reading other people's reviews. I mean, this is, of course, all my reviews, but I wanted to see what other people think. And, like, everybody is like, I'm giving this as a book. I'm giving this as a gift. This is a gift for my so-and-so. So, it, I don't know. It's a, I think it's a hot gift book yeah. this year. Yeah, sounds like it. Absolutely. That's one that I've seen on the shelf a couple of times, and just the cover is so beautiful, and the illustrations are so gorgeous that I keep finding myself, like, walking over the shelf to just kind of peek at it. Yeah. So, yeah, this just confirms Mm -hmm. that it's 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 one that I should take some more time with. Well, that would be a fun, like, gift basket, too, if you like to create, like, a gift experience. You could, like, put some of the ingredients that won't spoil the book. and I like it. Definitely. Just I, sh- I should do that. Cake. Yeah, I add some linguine and rice and you know, things from some the of the staples. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, that sounds good. So, my third book is for my husband. Hi, David. Stop <laughs> listening now. Um, David is a big science geek. If you're listening, you already knew this, David. <laughs> <laughs> so he's self-aware <laughs> He will not be mad that I'm calling him a geek. Geek is a compliment in my house. So yeah, geek away. Uh, so you may remember that this year, this summer, was the 50th anniversary of the lunar landing. Mm-hmm. You know, 1969, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And there were a lot of really cool books that were published this year to commemorate that, so I'm taking advantage of it. And the book that I chose is The Smithsonian History of Space Exploration. And it's from the Smithsonian, and it covers the whole history of space exploration. It's very comprehensive. It starts with the work of astronomers in 700 BCE. And it goes through the Mercury, Gemini, Apollo missions. And then at the end, it talks about the future of space exploration, like conjecture about will we ever put a man on Mars, for example. Mm -hmm. It's a coffee table book. It's really, it's a nice, big, hefty book, um, which you probably would have to have to cover the whole history of space exploration. (laughs) It's got a lot of... Especially if it started at when? 700 (laughs) BC. That's a couple pages worth of space. Um, And it's really cool looking. It's got a ton of really nice illustrations that you would kind of expect from a Smithsonian coffee table book. Do they have pictures from 700 BC? (laughs) (laughs) There might have been maybe some cave drawings or something. (laughs) Of David Bowie. They predicted him. Um, Yeah, totally. But even though it's a coffee table book, it actually has a really good narrative. Like, I was sitting down and I was, like, reading it. It's a really good history. You could, you know, coffee table books don't always have. Exactly. And it's got a really interesting narrative. And it's got tons of great, like, tidbit facts. Uh, Like, one thing I learned from this book, that the first meal of the moon consisted of bacon squares, peaches, sugar cookie squares, pineapple grapefruit drink and coffee so that was what they oh. ate after they landed on the moon so of course I always go for the food yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get a space cookbook at some point yes <laughs> open how package. to freeze dry creatures <laughs> right <laughs> um, so I just think it's really really interesting and I'm pretty sure my geeky husband is definitely going to like it Wonderful. oh that's those are all so fabulous and as always 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Can you go over your three books um, one more time just really quickly? Absolutely. So to sum up, it's the legendary Harry Carey, Baseball's Greatest Salesman, Eat, Joy, Stories, and Comfort Food from 31 Celebrated Writers, and The Smithsonian History of Space Exploration. Yay! Thank you, Anne. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays, everyone. Hi. Welcome. This is Erica. She's back again. Um, We did a full episode with Erica this year for the first time. So we had such a great time that we decided we wanted her to also be part of our Booksgiving experience. Can you say who you are and your role in the library in case people forgot? Sure. My name is Erica Christensen, and I am the assistant director here at the ELA Area Public Library District. Yay! Well, welcome, Erica. Did you bring three books to recommend for the people? I did bring three books for the people. (laughs) (laughs) And they're three of my very personal favorite books. So, so far we've had a few people that have said, I'm not getting these books, but I am buying them for myself for the holidays. Do they fall into that category or a little bit of both? Well, the first one does. I celebrate a holiday all year round called I Survived, and then you fill in the blank. (laughs) (laughs) Soon to be a book series. (laughs) I think it is a book series, but it's not about gift giving necessarily. So I'm a firm believer in giving gifts to oneself. And so in January of this year, I gave myself a gift for the I Survive 2018 holiday. (laughs) (laughs) And that book was The Nutshell Studies of Unexplained Death by Corrine May Fox. (laughs) I love this book so much. (laughs) Okay. Well, the focus here of this book is really, I think, the... Uh, life of the Nutshell Studies creator, Frances Glessner Lee. She's the daughter of one of Chicago's Gilded Age power couples, um, industrialist John Jacob Glessner and his wife Frances. Their home, which is a Prairie Avenue mansion in the South Loop, you can still tour it today, is one of Chicago's most influential works of domestic architecture, which in Chicago that says a lot. And their daughter, Frances Lee, she chafed against the constricting life she was born into. Her father was very demanding, and Frances Lee had a very unhappy marriage. Hearth and home were not for Frances. Eventually, during the 1940s and 50s, she channeled her energies into the development of the use of medical science in police work, laying the ground for present-day forensics. Her most unique contribution was the nutshell studies. Lee, who is a fascinatingly obsessed woman, created a series of meticulous and mesmerizing crime scene dioramas based on real murder cases that were and are still used to teach forensic observation techniques. So basically, she created a series of true crime dollhouses. So it's creepy. the dream! <laughs> <laughs> so in the book, The Nutshell Studies, Corrine May Botts has taken moody photographs that highlight the scenes and has accompanying line drawings that highlight the evidence in each case. 
And a side note is that Frances Lee was a contemporary of Narcissus Thorne, who is the creator of, I know, one of Becca's favorite things, uh, which is are the Thorne Rooms, which are on display at the Art Institute. Mm-hmm. Those are period rooms. And also she was a contemporary of Colleen Moore, who was the silent screen star who was famous for popularizing the Bob haircut. And she was the creator of the Fairy Castle Dollhouse, which generations of Chicagoans have enjoyed at the museum. Museum of Science and Industry. So this is a gift for true crime fans like Becca, (laughs) (laughs) but also those who are interested in Chicago and women's history Mm -hmm. like myself. Yeah. Well, we talked about literary tourism with another one of our guests for this episode. So we could also do a murder tour. I mean, and there are... Go visit her house. Yeah. I mean, I'm fully... In support of that, I think maybe it needs to be a staff development experience. (laughs) (laughs) I know that the nutshell, um, the actual dollhouse, for lack of a better term, it's like the Baltimore Medical Library or... It's the Maryland... Right, it's in Baltimore. It's the Maryland Medical Examiner's Office. And actually, the Smithsonian had them on display in late 2017 to January of 2018, but now I believe they're back in Maryland. So Yeah, and I think you're going to be hearing more about these because I know there's a new book coming out in early 2020. Yeah, January. January? Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't remember if it was January or February, called 18 Little Deaths, I believe is the title. I'll definitely put it in the show notes about her, specifically her life and history, which Erica was super bummed about because that was going to be her retirement project. But I don't think there can be many books. I'm sure that you would have an, a unique view of it. If you need someone to go with you to Baltimore to see the rooms in order to write it more effectively, I'm happy to carry your bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of my I Survived the Summer of 2019 gifts to myself was the book Savage Appetites by Rachel Monroe, which is four true crime stories of women, crime, and obsession. And she profiles Frances Glessner Lee in one of those chapters. So I'm looking forward to reading that this winter. It is one of the nutshell images that's on the cover of that book. And when Erica showed me nutshell studies I immediately took a photo of it and sent it to my husband and was like if you talk to Santa let him know that what I would like is this book (laughs) so I'm super excited about that and I think with the popularity of true crime I mean I think it's something that's always been popular but I think now people are more open to admitting that they are interested in it and learning more about it I think you could probably find a lot of people that would be super interested in that book and it's a really beautiful book Mm -hmm. and the the beginning of it is really well written the stuff about her life I started reading it and then I was like well I just asked for this so I probably shouldn't read Erica's entire copy should wait and see (laughs) I I get my own but it's really fascinating Her life is super fascinating. What she did was really interesting. It's just really cool. Yeah, and I think like with Mindhunters and shows like that, where we're getting interested in the origins of where we get forensic science or you know serial killer profiling and things like that. So yeah, interesting zeitgeist. So interesting. Awesome. So I can't imagine your other books will live up to to that one, but we can try. (laughs) 
What is your next book? Well, my next book is my favorite book of 2019, both print and audiobook, and it is The Driver by Hart Hansen. Okay, that one does. Hold up. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, you win, Erica. <laughs> well, in this book, we meet Michael Skellig, who's owner of the Oasis Limo Company in L.A. He's a retired Army Special Forces guy, and his employees are a ragtag bunch of veterans, um, which include his Afghani translator. And as the book opens, Michael Skellig is thwarts an assassination attempt on his client for the evening, celebrity skateboarder and social media star Bismarck Avila. In the process of this thwarting of assassination, Avila's bodyguard is killed and Michael ends up being the prime suspect for the whole thing in the eyes of the police. To clear his name, Michael agrees to work for Avila full-time as his personal chauffeur, which wouldn't be much of an issue, but someone really is trying to kill Avila and Michael has to figure out why before it is too late. This is a gritty, character-driven, action-packed mystery full of great dialogue, memorable characters, and laugh-out-loud humor, but it is not for the faint of heart. It also reads like a great TV show or film, which isn't a surprise because the author, Hart Hansen, is the creator of the TV series Bones. And it is amazing on audio, in part because it is read by one of my favorite audiobook readers, Ari Flacos. And I would give this one to fans of Carl Hyassen and fans of the IQ series by Joe Ide. All three of us have read this yeah. book, which is a surprise because this is surprise. not a Kristen book. No. Well, let me tell you, though, what makes it a Kristen book. I can't wait. And so it's character dri- Like, the characters, he made me love his characters. Agreed. And that will pull me through all kinds of books and situations and things where I'm like, oh, this is getting violent or tense or whatever. Normally, I would not love that. But because I cared about the characters... He, he made it. Plus, the main character's name is Michael Skellig, which is just an inverse of Skellig Michael, which is an island off the coast of Ireland. So that trivia also interested me. So you were the one reader that caught that. <laughs> <laughs> so there is something for everybody. I get a prize. You do. You get your start for today. Um So I also love this book. I was in a little bit of a reading slump, and I went to Erica, and I was like, I need something really great. And she was like, how about The Driver? And I said, okay, and I checked it out, and then the next day I came back, and I was like, I'm in the same place I was in yesterday because I read this book (laughs) in 24 hours. Um, And then I recommended it to a friend, and she was like, tell me this isn't a standalone because I want to be with these characters forever. And I was like, it's a standalone. So I haven't yet to meet someone who's read it that hasn't enjoyed it. And it really is character-driven. The mystery itself is a bit convoluted. There's something Mm -hmm. to do with barrels. There's a lot of looking for barrels and moving barrels around. I didn't care. No, I didn't either. Move those barrels. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Because it's all about the people. Yeah. 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 It's very enjoyable. And the dialogue is fabulous, and the, right. the characters are fabulous. So, yeah. I mean, there is something there if you want, if you're into the, like, kind of action-packed, like, mystery thriller kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, if that's your jam, it's there. But, yeah, the characters are definitely what drives the, the driver. driver. <laughs> exactly. Fabulous. All right. And your third title. My final title is Essential Oils. For a Clean and Healthy Home by Casey Schwartz. 
And it has over 200 amazing household uses for essential oils and more. And this is really my go-to gift for the whole year. It's not just the holiday season at this time, although it would be great if you are a house guest. Um, it would be a great gift for the host. I give it for birthdays. I give it for housewarmings, all occasions. And it's just jam-packed full of all very simple, easy-to-accomplish recipes for not only a clean and healthy home, but there are things like how to make out your own reed diffuser, which would make a great gift basket with the book, and then create the reed diffuser and uh, a few essential oils to include. So it's one that most of my friends have received. <laughs> <laughs> great. That's what is your favorite thing to make a recipe or well I am not much of a housekeeper <laughs> so I actually just really enjoy reading this book <laughs> and contemplating cleaning my home <laughs> I see now I know why we get along so well <laughs> but I have made a few things in here and I do like Especially around the holiday times, there's room-scenting things that yeah. you can make and sprays, and so I enjoy doing that. Great. And there, it looks like there was, like, Play-Doh and Flubber, and, like, so it's not, like, the typical things that you would think of. Right, um, exactly. In, in a book like this, it's not all, like floor cleaner and and stuff like that like you said the reed diffuser but it looks like there's even stuff for like kids and, and that yeah. sort of thing right so there's things for like play-doh and slime and things for your pets and it covers mm -hmm. a whole gamut of types of recipes and how to repel insects and spiders so it's a great simple go-to resource Great. That looks fabulous. Erica, can you quickly go through your three, four titles? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, my first one was The Nuts Nutshell Studies of Unexplained Death by Corrine May Botts. My second was The Driver by Hart Hansen. And last was Essential Oils for a Clean and Healthy Home by Casey Schwartz. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hello and welcome, Amanda. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell the people's your role in libraries? Hello. I mean, not this one in particular. <laughs> this one in particular. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a heart attack. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amanda. Uh, I'm a popular materials library here at ELA. You're a library? Uh, I'm a popular materials library, the institution itself. <laughs> the whole one. Here at ELA. <laughs> and I do reader services at the information desk. So if you ever want a great book recommendation, you can definitely come to me. You definitely can because yeah. Amanda gives top-notch readers' recommendations. I have gone to her many a time yeah. when I've been in a little bit of a slump. She's also the wizard behind the curtain of our book match form for the adults. Adult book match. Wizard, yeah. I was getting there. <laughs> Slow your roll. I want to be a wizard. Teen librarian. <laughs> I want to be a wizard. So welcome, Amanda. We're so excited to have you back again. This is your second Booksgiving with us. It is. Shimmy shoulders. <laughs> That. I wish this was a video so you could see how excited Amanda is so to excited. be here. A little shoulder shimmy. <laughs> All right, Amanda, so let's hit it. What's your first book that you're going to recommend for the people? 
All right. My first book that I'm going to recommend is Live Green, 52 Steps for a More Sustainable Life by Jen Chillingsworth. I would say that this is for the person in your life who is trying to be more conscious of what their habits are doing to the environment. And I like this one because you can read it cover to cover or you can just kind of like crack it open, pick a section and start reading it. And you can find information on anything from like avoiding fast fashion to making your own household cleaning products to having a more simple Christmas, which is super relevant this time of year. And it's also really beautifully illustrated. So this would be an awesome book just to have sitting on your coffee table and have your guests check out. And it's got like a small footprint. It's a it's a tinier book. It's a little it's a, it's little, a little cute cute yeah. guy. It's a yeah. step size step up. And that's like to me, that's the perfect size to throw in a little basket with to make a little themey kind of gift out of. It seems like it would pair really well with Erica's recommendation of essential oils for a clean and healthy home. Like if you know someone who's trying to do the thing, you know, their New Year's resolution is, you know, less waste, knowing more about what's going into the stuff they're using, that sort of thing. Is it stuff that's like pretty easy to like if you just wanted to be like, I'm gonna choose one thing out of this and start yes. there. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think that's the thing that is like the barrier for a lot of people to mm-hmm. make these kind yeah. of things is they feel like they have to do all the things all at once. No, this and is it's more like, like just choose one of the fifty two steps. Open it up, pick and a thing, 52, try it. Yeah. You know, one a week. Just exactly. try a new thing. There you go. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't stick, then you still have those other things that you tried and yeah. succeeded yeah. at. Move on and do the next thing. Well, if you've got that book of the 101 things to do outside or before you grow up, this could that be like Katie for the adults in your life. Oh, yeah. So while the kids are outside building a snowman, you can be inside. Green your Green your routine. House. Green your scene. <laughs> yeah. That's and your routine. And your routine. <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah. Fabulous. So can you re- repeat, what is the title of that one again? That one is Live Green, 52 Steps for a More Sustainable Life by Jen Chillingsworth. Was there one thing in there that really stood out to you that you tried to do when you saw it? Or that you were like, hey, I'm so great at living green, I'm already doing this thing. <laughs> I would say the one thing that really stood out for me, and this is especially, I just watched um, Hassan Minaj, his... Um, Patriot Act episode, his most recent one, Mm -hmm. is specifically about fast fashion Mm -hmm. and what it is doing to the environment. And it is really horrifying. It's really bad. It's Mm -hmm. pretty bad. Isn't there like 52 fashion seasons in a year? Yes. Yeah. Every week they are turning out another fashion season. Yeah. And that's to keep up with, you know, to keep people constantly buying. Yeah. And the impact of that. And it's so you can have cheap clothes that you can throw away. Exactly. Spend five, ten dollars on a shirt. Yeah. But it is killing the planet. Yeah. And I guess in the eighties people used to have maybe twelve new items of clothing that they would purchase in a year, and now the American average is about sixty eight items per year that people have purchased. <sighs> yeah. So that really stood out to me. So even if that's just like the one thing in this book that you read about that you can try something new, that's a big thing. So mm-hmm. man. That's a really holiday downer, Amanda. It's, oh, God. <laughs> On it's the other fine. hand, the illustrations are beautiful. And I'm so sure lovely. there's stuff that's a little less likely to make you... Like, I recently went to solid shampoo and conditioner because I wanted to eliminate those two bottles from 
my life and That's so far it's yeah. great yeah loving it so I mean you know it doesn't have to be you don't have to end fast fashion but it, I think too just being more aware of it oh, like yeah. when you pick up that shirt and like do I really do I need this guy yeah Maybe not. Maybe I want to save and take, you know, four of the shirts that I would normally buy for $10 and buy, like, a really nice, well-made $40 shirt. And exactly. And just take really great care of it so mm-hmm. it lasts a long time. Because yeah. I feel like, for me, it's, like, a very, like, I want to do the thing, but it is also very, like, uh, kind of a thing. So yeah. Don't for the people, yeah, like, baby steps, one step at a time, 52, maybe, yeah. even. Eventually. In the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. But, I mean, some of those things you might not do. Like, I think one of them was, like, build a bee house. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm that guy. I'm not really the bee house kind of guy, I don't think. But that's okay. I don't... We don't all have to be bee house guys. If there's, like, a couple of guys that want to be a bee house guy, then... Do the thing. Great. Yeah. Maybe just plant some wildflowers or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fabulous. (laughs) Kristen's like, yes. I have ten bee houses. (laughs) (laughs) Covered in bees. <laughs> I have a beard of bees. Um, <laughs> okay, so that was Live Green, which was fabulous. Great, great, great recommendation. What is your next one? My next one, so in, I don't know, direct opposition to maybe that kind of downer. <laughs> well, I'm glad we started with yeah, that. Yeah. We have nowhere to go but up. Uh, yeah, nowhere to go but up. The end of the universe. <laughs> is uh, Dear Girls by Ali Wong. I would say this is for the person in your life who needs a laugh or is just an Ali Wong fan. So if they've watched like Baby Cobra or Hard Knock Wife or Always Be My Maybe on Netflix, they're going to love this. It's a memoir written by Ali Wong, obviously, Um, but it's written as letters to her daughters and she tells her girls and us kind of how to learn from her triumphs and her mistakes and what life has been like as a comedian. And all of her stories are peppered with wisdom and humor. And it's just over 200 pages. So even if you are looking for a gift for somebody that's not really a reader, this is a small book. It's not that intimidating. They can get through it pretty quickly. And do the letters have to be read in succession, or can you pick one up and read it? I would read everything in order, just because she references back to some of the first letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But also, if you are an audiobook lover, she reads the audiobook. Is that true? I believe she does. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so that would be a fun thing, too. I love a comedic memoir read by the author. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a fabulous choice. And that was? That was Dear Girls by Ali Wong. Great. All right. Next All right. book. Next book. Um, the next one is Good Talk by Mira Jacob. This is another downer. Oh, no. So uh, (laughs) this is for the person that is maybe anxious about 2020 (laughs) and some of the political mess that it could be. But it's a graphic memoir of Mira Jacob and her life in the United States as a person of color who was part of an interracial family, especially about what her experience has been like both after 9-11 and after the 2016 election. And it really focuses on difficult conversations that she's had in her life, difficult but important and constructive conversations regarding race. And I feel like it universally addresses like these constructive conversations that we need to have with everybody in order to kind of start healing as a country. So, so who would you give that to? I think you could give it to anybody that likes a graphic memoir because those have been 
super popular this year. Yeah, yeah. Or even just likes graphic novels. But I also think you could give it to anybody that is maybe interested in politics mm-hmm. or social science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe just wants to, you know, get a feel for what the current situation is like if that's not where you come from. Yeah, you know. if that's not your experience, mm-hmm. if you want right. to get a feel for somebody else's experience. Yeah. I feel like your, like, 20-something niece or nephew is probably a good pick for this Yeah, this title. Because it's an adult graphic novel. It is. Mm-hmm. It is an adult graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And that was called... Good Talk, A Memoir and Conversations by Mira Jacob. Fabulous. And you brought a bonus <laughs> a bonus book. Bonus I did, because I just want to recommend all the books, you know? <laughs> it's kind of your jam. <laughs> so my bonus book is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert, which you have also read. I have. Yes. Well, Quinn, who was one of our guests on the ILA episode, actually recommended it. And at the time she was speaking about it, it hadn't come out yet. Okay. Um, and <laughs> in her talking about it, I was like, oh, I recently, Kristen and Amanda have heard this ad nauseum, but um, I recently <laughs> discovered the genre of romance <laughs> and have been super, super into it in the last few months. And Get a Life, Chloe Brown was like right up my alley. Um, so tell the people just a little bit about it. Yeah. So um, our two main characters are Chloe and Red, and Chloe experiences chronic pain. And she has a near-death experience where she starts to create this, like, get-a-life bucket list. And Red, who is the, not tenant, who is, he's like the supervisor of the apartment complex that she's living in. He was in an emotionally abusive relationship that kind of puts a damper on his career as an artist. And they meet, and it is kind of an enemies-to-lover trope because there is a slight twist on that kind of trope too I think yeah they don't like each other that much initially there's a lot of humorous like back and forth banter Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of grow on each other but I would recommend this to anybody who is not necessarily a romance reader I feel like there are so many more romances now that have very rich diverse characters that could appeal anybody. And I think that's what has brought me to romance is all of these books that I've heard you and Erica and Anne and all of these different people in the library talk about. And I really, I didn't think that romance had much for me. Um, Nothing against romance. Like I think it's, you read what you want to read and there's no judgment, there's no guilt, there's no whatever. I just didn't think it was my jam. But now that I have found this kind of more interesting and I think mm-hmm. one of the things about Chloe Brown that is so appealing is like Chloe is black yes. she has a chronic illness right. um, she's plus size mm-hmm. like she is it's not like you know the like oh woe is me kind of like yeah. she feels like somebody that you know right yeah. Yeah. well and the characters we're finding that more and more characters are allowed to have flaws or yeah. Look, and it's not just like somebody like, you would meet in real life. Yeah. Right. And it's not just the flaw of like let down your hair and take off your glasses kind of. Exactly. Of flaw. It's yeah. like, you know, it's yeah. you are who you are and you're, yeah. you're great who you are and someone else will see that greatness in you and you will. Um, so I think it's a great book, I think, for people like me who you're like, well, 
you love a romantic comedy. Like, why aren't you reading more romance romance, um, to kind of get them interested in that genre? It's also British, so yes, can't go wrong with that. I nope. love a British narrator nope. on audiobooks. Nope, can't go wrong. Oh, okay. Oh. I was like, <laughs> since me. when do you know? <laughs> I was like, that goes against everything I know about you. No being British um, as an experience. Okay, we're back. All right, Kristen's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's a robot, Kristen. <laughs> this is the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the audio is great because... Yeah. Because British people. Because British. <laughs> Delightful. I'm actually glad that you brought a fourth book because I feel like that's that's the best way. Um, your other recommendations are fabulous, and I think I can think of a lot of people that I would give them to. But I like that ending on a light note and just yeah. reiterating what Quinn said um, in our last episode about this book and how great it is. And I think it goes along with, um, it reminded me a lot of um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yes. In terms of, like, the appeal and the humor and all of that that kind of stuff. It is a steamier It is. Romance, yes. so be aware of that. Because I didn't realize they had, like, ratings. Yes. Do they? Mm-hmm. Printed so. ratings? What? Printed ratings? Uh, you look for clues in the reviews. Yeah. So steamy is like stuff happens on the page. Yes. Um, <laughs> sweet is more like sweet is it's like applied. it's like you know you walk into the bedroom black. and then the next chapter takes place in the next day or whatever. You don't have to read. Oh, it fades read to black. Yeah, it just fades yeah. to black. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is a little steamier. It is a little steamier. Some stuff happens. But you can handle it. Oh, my goodness! I just need somebody to tell me. <laughs> Well, I've noticed that some of the romance books on the spine will say, like, hmm. um, and at least in our collection, like, kind of allude to where it falls on the steamometer. Mm, I like <laughs> the that. The steam spectrum. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Light um, mist. But I just wanted to point that out just Scalding. in case before you hand it to your mother. Um, depending. I told my mother she couldn't read Fifty Shades of Grey, and she bought the box set. <laughs> well, then so, great. She get a life Chloe Brown is for mom, then. Yeah. You wrap it up and you give it to her this holiday season. <laughs> but, you know, depending on your relationship with your mother, some people would love to. Absolutely yeah. would yeah. give that to their mother. But other people, their mom might come back and be like, Why did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> This is not a discussion I wanted to have. There's a reason we never had that talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, Amanda, can you go over your four books one more time for us, please? Yes. My four books, Live Green, 52 Steps for a More Sustainable Life by Jen Chillingsworth, Dear Girls by Ali Wong, Good Talk by Mira Jacob, and Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Yay. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Hi, welcome. Hello. Who's here? It's Gus. <laughs> I'm Gus. I Who are at, you? I work in reference. I am a reference librarian. I also deal with the audiovisual materials, so all the movies you see, all the music you listen to. Video games. Video games. You know, it has mm-hmm. a little bit to do with me. So. And you also do recommendations. I do. Yeah, I videos. Do. I do do recommendations, and I'm here. <laughs> and do I'm some here more. To do some more. I've, I actually have. Now that you mentioned, I have three book recommendations. Wow, oh, Lord, guys, thanks for coming prepared. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So, so what is the first one? The first one. I'm a big music fan, so I live off Spotify. I, you know, listen to audiobooks a lot, and I just, you know, I love music. So the first one I picked 
for this season is called Acid for the Children. It's actually written by Flea. So if you guys know who that is, he's the from bassist from Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Chop, yeah. So <laughs> Red Chop. Remember what Red Chop Peppers. So he's the bassist and he finally wrote a memoir. Actually his name is not Flea. He wasn't born with that name. Oh really? <laughs> what? His name is Michael Balzari and he was actually born in Melbourne, Australia. So it doesn't talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It talks about everything until the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So it's kind of like an origin story uh-huh. to the band. And I'm a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I've been following them for since, whatever, mid-80s yeah, or something yeah. like that. So I love them. And it details the first 20 or so years of his childhood, uh, how his parents divorced and uh, his the impact of his stepdad, Walter, had on him. Um, which he actually introduced him to jazz, and that kind of changed his life. Mm. He's actually a really good writer, you know, contrary to, I guess, his persona as a crazy bassist, you know, he kind of, he's kind of, I don't know, he's a good bassist, but, and he was talking about how he always wanted a biography, but um, I guess he didn't find the right time until now to do it, and he's actually also a big reader, and he grew up reading Vonnegut, Charles Bukowski, and uh, that was kind of, uh, yeah, I didn't think he was, I thought he was just into music and that's it, but that reading changes life too. Mm-hmm. So that just goes, talks about fascinating, crazy stories about him and how he met Anthony Kiedis, which is the singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it's just an overall good read. And uh, if you're a fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers or music, I think you're going to enjoy it. So. so you would give that to somebody who's like into mm-hmm. music biographies or biographies or specifically like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. 80s and 90s music. 80, yeah, 90, yeah, 80s, 90s music fans. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. I mean, I think you can, like I say, he's a good writer and you can, you can go through it pretty quick, but it's nice. Did you listen to it on audio? I did not. Oh, okay. I did hear the audio was very good. So. Does he read it? Don't quote me on it. I, I think won't. so. <laughs> I think so, but I heard... This isn't a recording. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. <laughs> but uh, I heard it's, it's very good. I heard okay. it's excellent audio, so... Fabulous. So that was my first one. Uh, second one is another music book. As you guys know here, I like I said, I'm a huge music fan. I listen to music a lot. Big part of my life. Uh, another one, it's called My Damage. It's by Keith Morris. And Keith Morris is the legendary singer of the Southern California punk rock group Black Flag. Oh, you guys sure. heard of them? Yes. Back in the day, 80s, Black Flag? Yes, yeah, I'm there. Kristen is not. Kristen is not there. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not the target demographic yeah. for Black Flag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's a, so he's a punk rock legend, and he's still rocking today. He's in another band called Off, which I think are pretty awesome. I mean, you really have to like the genre of music to... Yeah. Appreciate it, but Keith Morris is awesome. I think he's, he was the best singer of Black Flag because I know they've had um, Henry Rollins was also a singer, Descadena, but I think he was the best. So he's also a great storyteller, and he talks about this is a memoir as well. It, he talks about his upbringing and many years in the music industry, also crazy tales of you know Southern California, how he battled uh, and he's still battling diabetes. Also, drugs and alcohol addiction. Interesting thing he said in the book that I like. He says, you never really cure these things. You only manage it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how he goes through life now. And I think he's in his 60s now. So And he's okay. still rock. He's got dreadlocks down to his waist. <laughs> so it's a very easy read. He talks a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot of chapters of 
him random stories, and I thought they were really fascinating. He also talks about how his new band, Off, got started, how he met uh, his guitarist, Dimitri Coates, and uh, like I said before, I think he was one of the best Black Flag singers, and I'm a big fan, huge fan since 80s. As you can tell, I'm an 80s child, <laughs> so... Um, I, I thought it was have, awesome. I wouldn't have pegged you as a punk rocker. Yeah, no, no, I know. I learned I know. this. <laughs> I learned something today. Yeah, no, I like all types of music. So. Yeah, that's but awesome. uh, when I was younger, yeah, punk music, Chili Peppers, rock, all that stuff played a big role. Do you think those would make a good like set of books to give together for like music fans and yeah. memoir fans and I that think sort so. Of thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, if you're, into, I mean, it's really interesting to hear these stories. So, kind of where they came from and what they're doing now, what they've overcome and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was awesome. And so I have one more book. This has nothing to do with music, but <laughs> this is a really cool one. I'm also a big video game fan. And this one is called The NES Encyclopedia by Chris Scullion. It is exactly what the title is. It's the NES Encyclopedia. It's the Nintendo Entertainment System Encyclopedia. And it uh, gives you that nostalgic feeling and it talks about every single game released for the system. There were 716 licensed games and also includes over 160 unlicensed games. And if you guys didn't know, which I'm guessing you guys didn't, but they still make games for it. Oh, to they this sell, day? Like, really? Yeah, to this day. They still make like independent, but they still come out games. Yeah. Oh, that's there's, awesome. There's a huge like cult following. And this, oddly enough, was also released in the 80s. <laughs> 1985. The system, the system not the was, book. Not the book. But the, book. Yeah. <laughs> the system was released in 1985. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so uh, was I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people still. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Christian broke me for a minute. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, there's a huge NES following people, and people, oh, yeah. people are still collecting for the system. And a lot of people, I don't know if you guys know this, but are going for complete sets of games. Oh. I'm not that type of person that's going to go for a complete set. I think it's a good book just for kind of like a trip down memory lane and uh, seeing all the games you used to play when you were a kid and what you didn't play. So anybody who loves video games or feels nostalgic for those 80s games... Also talks about Friday the 13th, the game that is unbeatable. <laughs> if anybody has beaten the game, come see me. Second floor <laughs> reference. It's impossible. I don't think it's ever happened. I yeah. mean, I'm sure people have beat it, but it's the most, it's ridiculously hard. And, uh, that's and so it has it. information about that. It has information. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it has information about it. But like, how does it talk about like mm-hmm. just the game itself, or does it yeah. talk about like how it was mm-hmm. the response to it when it came out? Does it talk yeah. about stuff like that, or is it just like a true encyclopedia? Of, like yeah. this is the game. This is the gameplay. This yeah. is whatever. The cool thing about it is that each game they show pictures of the cover and of the game. The actual oh, cool. Game. And they talk a little bit about it. Uh, some of the games they'll talk about, kind of the buzz that was surrounding mm-hmm. it during that time. But a lot of the obscure titles, it talks a little bit about the history of them and stuff like that. It also talks about one of my other favorite games. I don't know if anybody remembers Rescue Rangers. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's right. That's the kind of reaction I, that I was making yes. for. Rescue Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorites growing up. And if you, uh, any game that you can possibly think of is going to be in this encyclopedia. It's fantastic. We have it here on the shelves. So 
I think it makes us probably the best library of all time. I mean, because we have it. Absolutely. Right? It's a possibility. <laughs> I like that that's a really low bar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as we. <laughs> well, and one of the other cool things that we have are we circulate the classic NES video game system. Mm-hmm. Yes, we so, do. So, um, if that was something that you wanted to like bring home and show yeah. your kids the kind of oh. games you played, I know oh. my son, mm-hmm. as much as he loves playing the Switch, he also likes playing the classic NES oh, games. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, while this kind of has a niche in those of us who grew up playing the original NES, this new generation of kids also know a lot of these games. And I feel like my kid, he loves a book Mm -hmm. where it's like an encyclopedia of like all the Batman characters or all the whatever. Like, I feel like he would love this as much as my husband would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would love it. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. My kids love, they still play. when we let them, and they're not on a school night, so be careful. Us but, too, <laughs> a school night video game uh, in our house. We uh, let them play Mario 3. I think it's my daughter, my oldest daughter, that's her favorite, Mario 3. And uh, they're big into Sonic, too. My oh, son right. also Sonic loves yeah. Sonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has been going through the Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. comics yeah. as well. So, you okay. know, you can just kind of do a whole thing with, yeah. with video games and books, oh, yeah. um, which but is fabulous. Definitely check it. If you love games, definitely check this out. I guarantee you're going to like it. I, I promise you. This is a, It's a promise. So. If not, Gus is on the second floor. If I'm on the, if just ask, not, come just on the ask second floor. The desk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But that's all right. that's all I had for you guys. So. That's awesome, Thanks, Gus. Gus. Thank you so very well, much. Can you go you. over your three books just really quickly for sure. the people? Yeah. Uh, first one was Acid for the Children by Flea. My Damage by Keith Morris. And NES Encyclopedia by Chris Scullion. That's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome, Brenda. Hi, Brenda. We are so glad (laughs) you're here. Um, Brenda was with us, and I don't remember which episode number it was, but I will put it in the show notes. It's one of my favorites. One of our first-ish guests on the podcast, Mm -hmm. and you are here to share some of your favorite gift ideas for this holiday season. Mm -hmm. So where are we going to start? We're going to start with me and what I want. Which is the way that it should be. This is also how I do this. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Sure. Well, hey, people ask, and here's some ideas. Yes. So the first book is Middle West Book Two by Scotty Young. Well, I should say illustrated by Scotty Young, and the writers are Jorge Corona and Mike Huddleston. And this is actually a collection of comic books into a graphic novel. I read the first uh, graphic novel in this series, and I just loved the world building. It's kind of steampunk and Midwestern world building, and the main character is this little boy. Maybe he's like 14 years old, and his name is Abel, and he's got a very abusive father, and he basically goes on the run to get away from his father in this wild world, and he's accompanied by his little friend who is a talking fox. So he meets interesting characters along the way, and I can't wait to see what happens. It's full of sorrow and angst and hopefully some happiness and hope by the end of the story, but we'll see. Is that an adult graphic novel? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it sounds kind of um, Golden Compass-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... 
maybe for people who enjoy that series as well. Yeah, and Scotty Young did I Hate Fairyland, which I haven't read, but I heard is very whimsical, though rather violent. Yeah. But it's kind of a fun twist on fairy tales, kind of turning it on its head. Okay, cool. All right, and that was Middle West Book 2. All right, what is your next recommendation? My next recommendation is an older book published in 2014. Um, The title is Up, Down, All Around Stitch Dictionary, More Than 150 Stitch Patterns to Knit Top Down, Bottom Up, Back and Forth, and In the Round. I love to knit. And I mostly knit circular because I do socks and hats. And a lot of patterns are written out for flat knitting. So you can convert them, but that, like, requires some thinking and math. And oh, no. <laughs> Nobody and wants I, that. And I knit, I'd rather just relax. So this makes it very easy. It's full of color photos, and everything's written out in different ways to knit. So I hope to get that for Christmas. And the author on that is Wendy Bernard, Mm -hmm. and she is a pretty well-known knitter and pattern designer. And I believe, I'm 93% sure, that she is one of the teachers on Creative Bug. Oh. Um, So our... If you are local to ELA or if your own library provides Creative Bug, it's a, it's not a database in the sense that we usually think of databases, but it is like a library of videos and how-tos for all different kinds of crafts. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, I've gone on there and you can save your videos. You can make a little library. They go slow. You can pause the videos. Mm -hmm. It's chock full of patterns. Yeah, and I just think that the... All of the instructors, I feel like sometimes with those kind of how-to sites, the instructors aren't people that are known necessarily, mm-hmm. but I've, on Creative Bug, they're all like well-known, reputable craft mm-hmm. with people with lots of experience. So yeah, I love a good stitch dictionary, and I'm excited because Brenda actually brought a copy with her, so I think in between... Um, <laughs> in between recording, I might have to take a little peeksy. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, stitch dictionaries have come a long way. They used to be in black and white, and they mm-hmm. were all charts. You couldn't really see what it was going to yeah. look like. And I mean, they're super valuable, but like to actually be able to see what it's going to look like in color um, mm-hmm. yeah. on in wool is kind of a lovely experience. Well, I like the cover because it's a pile of washcloths and it's stacked like a pancake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might be swatches too. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, but anyway, it's beautiful and I think that would be a lovely book to have under your tree for someone who's a knitter and a new knitter too. Like it's nice to have a stitch dictionary so that once you're making hats and you get a little bit adventurous or scarves and you get a little adventurous and you want to add a little something, you have that that ability Uh, there. And you could practice if you're more comfortable with straight needles and you want to venture into knitting in the round, this would give you the opportunity to say, okay, I knit a scarf in this pattern, but I really like a matching hat. Then you could just throw it on circular needles and follow along. So it's very valuable. Well, now I'm going to add that one to my list, too. (laughs) And what's your last book? Well, my last book um, would be a gift to my sister, who enjoys science fiction, dystopia-like stories. The title is The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa, translated by Steven Snyder. And this book was first published in Japan, I want to say in 1994, but it's only recently been translated and released here. It's very slow-paced. It's very dreamlike. But on this unnamed island, basically, things get disappeared. 
And when things get disappeared, they vanish. And if anyone, say, if birds vanish, if anyone has like a pet parakeet or a parrot, they all come out of this village and they release the birds and the birds go away and they never return. So things start getting disappeared, like objects, like pictures, bells, ribbons, and then animals, and then body parts. Oh, whoops. So it's very creepy. It's got like this sense of dread that just keeps building and building. And basically there's a group of memory police who hunt down people who still remember these objects that have gotten disappeared. Oh. So our main character is a novelist, and she hides her editor in the floorboards of her home. And she tries to protect him because he can remember things. And that's all I'll say because it's, it's very creepy, but it's a very fascinating story about memory and what that does to you. Wow. Hmm. Oh, so what... Which genre you said? Like dystopian-y. science fiction, dystopian y. I know it's been compared to some of the Orwellian type of okay. stories. Mm-hmm. It is very slow paced. It kind of has an open ending, but it's um, it was very interesting. That sounds awesome. Yeah, a little bit different. But yeah, I enjoyed that. I think my sister would like it. Like I said, she yeah. likes sci-fi and like dystopia, yeah. creepy. That's yeah, interesting. A world where the editor is in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it Very can be telltale, anything. Telltale editor, I guess. Yeah. Like in the in the floorboards of the the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, Brenda. Can you go over once again your three books for us? Mm-hmm. I'd love to. So the first one is Middle West Book Two by um, illustrated by Scotty Young, written by Jorge Corona and Mike Huddleston. That's a graphic novel that's adult. Then up down all around stitch dictionary, more than 150 stitch patterns to knit top down, bottom up, back and forth, and in the round by Wendy Bernard. That's quite a title. Yes. <laughs> that's a mouthful. And then finally, The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa, translated by Stephen Snyder. Wonderful. Thank Thank you, you. Brenda. Thank you, ladies. You've been listening to Three Books, an ELA Area Public Library podcast. Editing by Charlie Crane and produced by us. Our theme music is provided by Lecce Swing. Write to us at threebookspodcast at gmail.com. You know that's three spelled out, bookspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're reading or what you're gifting this holiday. We would love to hear from you and get your recommendations as well. Um, you can follow us on the Twitter at threebookspod. That's also three spelled out. And don't forget to subscribe. Um, if you are so inclined to give us a little five-star review it helps other people to find the podcast and we would be most grateful that can be your gift to us this holiday season thanks friendos (laughs) if you are in the area stop by visit our three books collection it is beautiful diverse and full of things that would not normally sit side by side which we're very proud of so come check that out and i mean you might get some great gift suggestions there Mm because some of people's favorites are great things to give and you know if you want to know what we've talked about all those linky links Mm -hmm. all that other stuff you're gonna just go where Kristen? at eapl.org slash three books three is spelled out yeah Mm -hmm. i'm becca boland and i'm Kristen weiser See you later.